Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Esports Entrepreneurship Podcast. Uh, I'm Dr. Leon Cyphers, and today we're going to be talking about some of our career endeavors and some of what we've been doing in the past two weeks since the last time we met and get some updates. And hopefully through the process, we can help each other out as we continue to grow in our endeavors. But yeah, I guess I will go first. Oh, man. Um, so the book has been coming along. It's pretty much been my full priority outside of the accelerator and any of the marketing ventures that we're doing there. The marketing, the launch of the book was going to be really strong. I was actually very excited for the way it was set up. And just to give you a bit of context and the listeners a bit of context. So the book was planned to launch actually October 20th, which was, um, I would say, about four days ago. And then I realized that I wanted to, I realized that I picked that date, not because it's the most advantageous, like not, not like it's the date that I can hit the best it was the most advantageous for like completing um or getting the strongest launch because if i did it a little bit after we start entering into november november is just traditionally really bad november december are terrible for book launches especially because of like us is thanksgiving and then christmas and then the holiday season semesters are ending people are just uh, like loosening up a bit so it's like a terrible month to launch a book um, but i decided that because like it was just unreasonable to try to go for October 20th. I realize that now. So I'm very happy I moved it to November 3rd. And I also was on a few other podcasts. So I believe I was on about four podcasts that were recorded, all meant to be uploaded on the same week. And my, my marketing strategy was solid. I had those like I had about five, six podcasts that I was going to be on. And I was going to post it on Reddit. And at first I was going to make a post about the book launch. And then I'll make a post each day with a different podcast so that way i'm posting on the reddit every day without actually uh, violating their terms in the sense that you can make a different post <laughs> each time it's just all about the book but it's just different podcasts and stuff um and then on the um efu side i was gonna have a post out every hour on the discord i was gonna obviously do a bunch of at everyone's and dm every single person there and i was probably gonna also get a bunch of clips um in terms of the book content and just a bunch of stuff on uh, LinkedIn as well. So I was basically, and I have a few groups that I'm going to be sending out to and a few marketing partners that were going to get involved as well to promote it on their ends. Uh, some companies, some individuals, some like just grassroots orgs. So it was going to be a really strong launch. And I was also going to have about 1K in just um, advertisement budget. But because I ended up pushing the date to November 3rd, it ended up like crippling it because I like the podcasts were hard to move and the marketing partners as well. And also I was just really behind in terms of actually getting all the endeavors set up and ready to be launched on that date. So November 3rd wasn't terrible. And I was working towards that and the editing should be done by then. But then I also realized that it's not gonna be to the quality that I want it to. Like the editing, like I'm going back uh, and for, for the record for everyone here, Leon's been doing a lot of my editing. He's technically my editor, which I appreciate. Um, obviously you're not a professional editor. So, um, I was looking back through some of my other stuff and I have issues, like I have grammar issues. Uh, I have some stuff that I noticed and obviously you're picking out a bunch of stuff. So you're a lifesaver in that regard in so many different ways. And you have a lot of good notes in there too, even about feedback, things you don't understand. So it's been very, very helpful to have you. I appreciate it. But, um, but yeah, so I'm noticing that because I'm rushing these edits and I'm not even like cutting much stuff. The idea was that I wanted to cut the book significantly. It like it only makes sense that I push it back again. It's just at this point pushing it back. A, I'm moving into late November, which is terrible for books. 
And also my marketing strategy has been completely crippled to a T. Um, it's gonna, I mean, I can definitely do a lot of what I'm gonna do. It's just because now Thanksgiving is coming there, it's not gonna work out very well. Um, and then I was left with the option of either launching it maybe the 17th of November or the 20, 24th. And um, 24th is terrible because it would, or I, I might move that to the 23rd, but regardless, that's the same week as Thanksgiving. It's gonna be really bad. But I do think with that, even with an additional week beyond the 17th, I can get a lot of good edits in. I think beyond that point, I'm really, really going to see diminishing returns and the excess time. But right now, it's at a point where I feel like if I give myself that extra week as well as the other two extra weeks, it's going to make a very big difference in the quality of the book where I, I kind of came to the conclusion I might not be able to get a bestseller. I still might be able to because uh, Canada's bestselling list is different from uh U.S.'s thanks uh, best selling selling list. So the Thanksgiving for the U.S. doesn't matter. And if I focus my efforts primarily on Canadian markets, and that'll probably work out because I'm not going to get as many sales because Canada has like a tenth of uh, the population of the U.S. and U.S. makes about seventy percent of my website traffic anyways. So it's a pretty substantial market that I'm going to be withdrawing. But um, but it just makes the most sense. And I might also end up doing some, I might switch it to a pre-sale as well and start the pre-sale maybe on the 17th and then make that a launch. The issue with pre-sales is that the way Amazon's bestseller list works is that pre-sales um, don't actually count as if on the day of the launch that all those sales came on the day. So the best way to get a bestseller, especially with uh, less known authors like myself, is having it all on one day refined and uh, focused. So I, that's the reason I held back from a um, from an actual pre-sale. But if I'm gonna be launching it on like Thanksgiving weekend, it might make more sense to do a pre-sale. But and I also have the uh, uh, like the opportunity to do another launch once the audiobook comes out. It's just the issue is audiobooks are not gonna have as strong of a, a launch as the physical book would be, just by the fact that it's the book is already out. So a lot of my audience that I already have access directly to, like on the server, on eFuse, on Reddit, those people that would have seen it there and been involved in it there would have already purchased it and it would just weaken that launch entirely. Nevertheless, I think I can hopefully still get a uh, bestseller. It, like bestseller isn't hard at, at all, especially when you do it in the way that I kind of set it up. It's very easy and it's a really nice status symbol. symbol. But, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to, push it back again unfortunately I really didn't want to do it but uh, I'm gonna push it back to the 24th or 23rd and then um, do all I can to edit it up fix it up I'm and try to launch the best possible product I think that's a better route to go even if it's not a bestseller it's this is not gonna be my last book it's probably gonna be not I'm not really not gonna write anything until maybe at the end of next year but that's like a may, very big maybe I probably probably won't touch anything until maybe 2023 2024. But nevertheless, um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts right now. And then I'm also doing a bunch of stuff on the accelerator side. I've been on a bunch of podcasts um, over the past week and, you know, been also experimenting a ton with eFuse and seeing if there is any business potential in um, trying to push harder and invest, invest more resources there. Oh, also, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about the contractor side as well because my initial plan was to start picking up some contractors in December, maybe two, three um, writers and uh, start getting them ready for Q1 and start prepping them in terms of any of the information and getting them really mentally prepared. 
But because of everything that's kind of gone on, I think I'm going to take a step back from doing that this December. This December, I'm going to leave for like reading, preparing and planning out my uh, 2022. So that's probably what I'm looking at right now for everything for my next or for my last quarter of the year. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm wondering, because you were talking about holidays, does Canada have, like, a Black Friday? Yeah, we do. I don't... It would be okay. the same day as the U.S. Okay, yeah, just because I, I don't know how the bestseller works, I don't know if that was something to consider. But if you already know it, then I don't need to go into what it. What day is Black Friday? Uh, it is the Friday after Thanksgiving, which would be November wow. 26th this year. Oh, wow, that's unfortunate. See, I... My, my current like dilemma is that I could very much just launch it on the 17th instead of the 24th and that will because that'll be the week before Thanksgiving it would remove a lot of the hardships um, because it, my promotional campaign would last about about a week right so I would go from the 24th to like the first and try to get as many um, track as much traction as possible and that might be a lot easier if I did it on the 17th. So like I would, I would do it on the issue with Tuesday as well. So if I launch it on the 23rd, uh, publishers for the most part launch their books on 23rd uh, or Tuesdays. So that's why you don't, you don't do Thursdays or Fridays because that's the end of the week. It's much harder weekends. You just don't do because of obvious reasons. Uh, and if you do it on Monday, you're going to get overshadowed on Tuesday. Um, and if you do it on Tuesday, you're competing with everyone. So Wednesdays are typically self-publishing uh, ideal days. So I'm, yeah, I might actually, because of that, I had no idea about Black Friday. It might just be the most sensical thing then to do on the 17th. It's unfortunate because I printed this piece of paper that says the 24th on it. That, I mean, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. I mean, I can always change it and print a new piece of paper. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, you see that little poster in the back or the um, image frame? I'm going to get this. In there, yeah. and I'm gonna get a little of this in there for now. But yeah, yeah that's really cool. But yeah, I, I've actually like enjoyed getting to like edit and like read through some of your thoughts on it. That's cool. What are your thoughts so far on the book and the content? Uh, right now, I'm really enjoying it. I like the um, the kind of like analogies you've made. Um, as you kind of treat like some things using um. If I say like video game terminology, that's probably correct, especially yeah. like RPGs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think you've done a really good job with that. I think it helps keep everything really entertaining. My my concern is that um, a lot of it's very cringe. Have you felt the same way? Um, I don't think so. Like some of my jokes are very very cringe, and I'm, I'm I I like it because I'm trying to make I try to make it very playful. Like it's very very like it's very evident that my intent attempt was as so to make it enjoyable for someone that does take the time to read it out is just uh like my concern is that some parts might just be too cringy where i might even want to just take it out just because people will be like ah oh, what is this guy writing <laughs> yeah um I mean, maybe a little bit of i think a little bit of like cringe or like a little bit of humor is probably a good thing um, I don't know. I know a lot of people really like that kind of like joking and style, though. Okay. So I I wouldn't worry about it at all. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, 
but the content sounds good like you don't is there anything like really kind of struck at you like oh this is bad or you didn't really like it or was it generally uh okay like like it made sense and you kind of fall followed along with it um i think i i followed along pretty well um there there was a part of it when you were talking about the different um the different classes which are like the various techniques mm-hmm. um because as i started reading through it i thought some of them felt like really similar um but as you as i like read more i think i understood i think berserker is the one i like understood probably the least like even still yeah berserker is a hard one to explain um yeah that makes sense so you like any which ones did you feel were similar um was it the i was it berserker and samurai i was thinking of oh that could make sense that could make sense uh because samurai is a contract based work but he's focused on outbound uh marketing and the berserker berserker is a weird class uh where you create content and you have all you have access to all the win conditions essentially uh, and for people that are listening that don't really fully understand the book there are six classes well there's technically eight but six that are available to people that are looking to get a job entry-level stuff and three of them are related to jobs and then the three of them that are non-jobs is a samurai wizard and berserker the wizard is the character that gets contracts and like how i did it where you get contract after contract you outbound and it's a lot of outbound based marketing like reaching out on linkedin emails that sort of stuff a berserker uh, in his class the way he's set up is that he creates content and he can get any of the win conditions so he can get contracts he can get a full-time job or he could uh, actually be an entrepreneur uh, that's exactly what i'm doing with my content here but it's good to know that you didn't fully understand that from reading the um the the book so so like what what did you understand what did you take away from it like what is berserker to you if i didn't explain that um berserker to me actually felt like this is somebody who's just like like the the berserker felt to me like this was what you consider to be like the ultimate multi-class like this is somebody who's like juggling a bunch of things and just trying to like do whatever they can to get in like it felt like the le- the least like direction focused. Yeah, that's very true. That... Whereas like the the samurai like you you the samurai actually like has a plan, right? Of you know we're we're gonna go in we're aiming for an internship and then we're gonna try to transition from an internship into a career. Whereas the berserker is just like I'm just gonna create a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna do a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna do a little bit of everything and try to get it to work out. <laughs> that is funny because I I don't think you're far off in terms of what berserker really does uh his his key characteristic is what i call insanity which is um and albert einstein defines insanity as doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results so like the point of berserker is that you the the point of playing berserker and i I think i can probably explain this better is that you want to kind of decide what what direction you want to go but all the options are open to you and you can easily pivot like the same way i was able to get contracts through my um job or my my website i was able to get a full-time job through the relationships i built there and likewise i'm turning that now into a company so you have that flexibility to really switch to whatever you want to do um but it's good to know that it wasn't communicated well and that's i i've never thought about that but this is probably the hardest to communicate because like it's it's berserker was even hard to even decide if i wanted to make it a class but it just felt like 
like I, I was going to incorporate content creation within the general book, but the one I did that, it didn't feel like it was like, I felt like it's a little more substantial in terms of getting the win condition. Although it doesn't some, in some circumstances, doesn't really get the win condition, like getting a job, you cannot run, um, job berserker, which is a subset of berserker as a, um, standalone class like you need to play one a summoner assassin or swordsman to actually get the job it's just a usp a unique selling proposition that you're creating all this content and you're and they can verify your content to see if you're valuable but yeah that that is a good point i appreciate that yeah overall i i am really enjoying it i think that was like the only one that i i wasn't like 100 sure i understood like the rest of them all felt extremely clear that's awesome. I that, that's good. That's good to know. Um, I'm definitely gonna try to cut stuff down and refine it now that I have that excess time. I was really hoping to have that basically entire month till the 24th, but now that you mentioned Black Friday, I think I'm gonna go for the 17th and do as much as I can. Like again, by the third, I should have pretty much all the key things edited, and then I have about two more weeks. Um, to, I mean, I still have some chapters I need to write out. I have like three chapters I need to write, uh, just cause I haven't, I started editing all of them without even finishing those. So I need to go and do those and I'll, I'll get as much done until the 17th. If I come by the 17th and still realize that it's not fully done, I'll probably move it to the 24th, but it's not going to move any further than the 24th for sure. But yeah, that is, that, that is the situation there. Nevertheless, I'm I'm getting tired of editing. I've been editing for like two and a half, maybe three weeks straight at this point. Super boring. I want to go back to actually working on the business and actually doing stuff. Um, the most fun I've actually had was making the landing page for the website, even though it's like a really crummy landing page that I threw it quickly. Um, that was that was the most different thing I've done all day. And making this little graphic here, that's probably the, like the most different thing I've done. But outside of that, it's like doing that a little bit of marketing effort. So like you saw the wide world of esports took me on again to talk about the, um, the book. And I was actually, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it at while I was doing it, but then I watched the replay and I actually really liked it. I actually answered the questions pretty well. There's like one, one thing I wish I did a little bit better was answering his question about how it helps you go above and beyond. Um, because I definitely could have answered it better. I had a lot more that I couldn't think of on the spot, but outside of that, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I think those little like opportunities are like, they're they're really good, but I think they're also a bit fun. And I understand the editing thing, because um, when for for me like writing my dissertation, editing was by far the worst part. At a certain part, it just it felt like I was being hazed. It I just couldn't stand it. Um, and there the, yeah, it just it never ends. Like there there will always be more you can add or like edit, and you just have to get to a point eventually where getting done has to be your priority. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And I, I had a mastermind call yesterday where I was a lot more defeated uh, <laughs> emotionally, uh, specifically about like pushing this deadline. And that was the consensus that they all had to. So at one point, you just got to figure out, okay, it's time to ship it. It's just, I don't think coming November 3rd with the errors, like even the fact that I still have errors, like that, those kind of errors. And there's just so much more that I could edit and fix up. And like, again, I still have chapters to write. So it's going to be hard to write them and then also edit them that it just makes complete sense to push it back. And like, even if I don't get bestseller, that'll be fine because like a lot of doors will open up by just having a book. And just by being able to say that I wrote a book on esports is going to be a massive, um, 
like status symbol as well like it's hard to even it's hard to quantify the roi i would get from having a bestseller versus just saying I, i'm an author right like it's it, like it's it, would it even make a difference um you know does that really matter too much like the doors that would open would still open up the same way it's not like if i get um it's not like if it was a bestseller because the way bestseller works is that it just has to be top 100 in any category in amazon right but like that doesn't really mean much in terms of a status thing but i can say i'm a bestseller author like i don't know if that will really make any difference in terms of the opportunities that come up or anyone that talks to me uh like like i like it's really hard to quantify it might just be good enough to say that i'm an author but nevertheless i want to make sure this book is good and i prioritize that over getting the best seller position. So if it doesn't work out, then it, it's not a problem. I, I, so I, I feel a little bad asking this, um, but one of the things you talk about in uh, the class section is your, I, in, if I'm using the wrong word here, tell me, but is it like your perceived versus your actual value? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how much does like that matter? as far as getting people to buy your book or whatever metric is used for like bestseller because i get the idea your goal should just be advertising like obviously you don't want to put out like a crummy book but if your if your goal is the bestseller that kind of incentivizes you to spend more time advertising than actually editing yeah no 100 percent. my my objective was 100 percent getting a bestseller i wasn't concerned about making money and to address the point that you're making no you're 100 percent right for my business logical unemotional decision what makes the most sense because of what my objective is like if we work backwards the objective is to get a bestseller so if you want to get a bestseller the the goal should be to make a short simple non-problematic book so like no errors and just keep it short in fact a, a lot of people have been telling me i should split up the book because of how long it is because i'm covering all the bases so I'm covering the theory behind getting in esports, the issues, the principles, and I cover how to become valuable. So I go through all those specifics, preparing yourself, um, the things that you need, how to get into volunteering opportunities, how to find volunteering opportunities, the soft skill issues that you're going to run into, how to actually resolve those soft skill issues, how to start collecting data. And then I also have another section about uh, how to actually get the job. And people told me I should probably split up the first part where I'm getting the like getting people to become valuable and then the actual getting a job as a separate thing and that would significantly reduce the book reduce the errors and if i was to sell it that way as if this is how you get a job like if i sold the second section for example i could still make the same pitch and it would still be the same thing and in fact it would be cheaper because the book would be thinner and if i just and it would be easier to edit i could just ship that out no problem and then focus primarily on marketing as you mentioned and get the like get a bestseller but i think a lot of it is the emotional un unlogical uh, non-business oriented sort of perspective where I really like the, how the book is fully comprehensive so it is longer than it than I'd like it to be but also the fact that I won't get a, like it's definitely less likely for me to get a bestseller if I was to push it back to like the 24th or even now that I pushed it back to the 17th and I would have been much better off at this point of being like oh, I can cut off the book now and then launch it on the third as I already planned out because a lot of my podcast episodes are going to launch around this week anyways um, but it's just that emotional self where I'm like, I'd much rather publish a good piece of our um, content now, even if it's not a bestseller. And even if I'm going to less sales than if I was, excuse me, to launch it on that date, just because I feel like I just feel better. 
I, I feel like it'd be a better resource. And that's really the goal. It was to ship something that myself four years in the past would read. So no, you're hundred percent right. Um, it's just, it's just unlogical, emotional decisions, which I talk about in the book too. Emotion, uh, decision-making is an emo as, is emotional as much as it is logical. Although logically it doesn't make sense to incorporate emotions when you're making logical decisions. Yeah. Um, and I've actually, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this to you. I have actually like reading through your book, even though I'm not like, I wouldn't consider myself at the beginner stage that a lot of people would be reading your book at, but even like reading through and editing it has caused me to like, like step back and think about certain things. Like when you mentioned like decision paralysis, when like there's so many, like there's a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities and you have to be able to like focus in on one thing. I'm like, darn, that's that's actually hitting me right now. Yeah, the uh, the guy um, that made that theory, he actually, I didn't and I didn't write, I didn't cite this uh, research paper that he had uh, in the book, but basically there was a study that showed people that worked at a company, right? Do you know how you have um, like 401ks at the U.S. and you have like different options for that? Um, every mm -hmm. option or every, I think it was every five options they added, or maybe it was every one option. Five percent of people would, five percent of less people would actually sign up for their 401k so every additional option or maybe it was like every additional five i don't remember the specific number but basically if they at a certain point they would have so much uh, options that majority of people wouldn't sign up even though it's literally free money even though their company's offering it to them versus if there were just like two or three options it would significantly reduce uh or it significantly significantly increases the number of people that pay for it so it's very interesting to see that yeah it really it, it does make a difference the more options significantly reduce the amount of decisions people make. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like, even though it, it's set for people who are like, just like getting started, I think a lot of people who are like experienced or like in the middle will still have a lot to like gather from the book too. Yeah, and I'm, I'm expecting like uh, some teachers, people in esports, yeah, a lot, a lot of people in esports that read, like read old esport books, so I'm assuming they're going to pick it up as well. Um, and obviously I'm going to put some advertisement money in there. So if someone searches up esports or whatever on Amazon, they're going to find it. Um, so that'll, that'll definitely reach out to them and hopefully they'll find value in it as well. And, and the cover art and the art inside is pretty cool. If I'll be honest. <laughs> oh yeah. We, yeah. We've talked about the cover art quite a bit. I, I definitely like it, but I'm a huge fan for like pixel art and stuff. Oh my God. This is so cool. But yeah, the pixel art is amazing. I'm actually really happy with how it came out. But, but yeah, that, that, it that's, that's, that's where the book's at right now. Um, besides like, that's literally my entire thing right now. I'm really happy that because in November, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but basically October, November is peak season for my blog because, um, because of a lot of reasons for one, uh, school started up again. So a lot of people that are looking to start up grassroots esport ventures are starting it up. Also, the LCS uh, starts up and a lot of my top articles are League of Legends, Riot Games or League of Legends and um, LCS related. So it's very much popping off. But the unfortunate thing is this once December, January, February comes in, it's going to completely tank back like that's my lowest season. So um, like right now, financially, I'm doing really hot. I'm very curious to see, not to say that a majority of my revenue comes from my advertisement revenue. It doesn't. A lot of it's just affiliate and other income sources. But it's going to be interesting to see once that takes a hit, how big it's going to be because it's only my second year 
of actually running it. My first year, I had significantly less traffic anyway, so I didn't really get it fully comprehend how big that was, uh, the drop, but I'm interested in seeing that. Outside of that, that is all I got on my business. It's just that book. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going really well, though. I think it's good that you're, you know, progressing on this. I've liked seeing, I like being able to, well, I should say reading what you've been writing. So Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been, it's been a struggle. Emotional, emotional wreck. For sure. Writing a book has been hell. The one thing I've learned for sure. Well, two things. I've learned a number of things. Okay. Um, but some key things that I've learned or for one thing, it's really cool. And I highly recommend you pick a time and do this. Is that the fact that by writing this book out, I've learned so much just by of myself. And like these theories, like the leeching versus leading principle, I did employ it in my life, not to the rigor that I recommend people do it, but I only came up with it when I was writing this book building like the website and actually having testimonials in the way I kind of recommended that was only came to me when I wrote the book. And a lot of what I've learned and understood about myself, both retrospectively and introspectively have been through writing more. I might actually pick up journaling just because of how crazy it's been for me. Like I've learned so much, not only about myself, just by theories about just thinking about it. Um, but also in terms of if I ever was to launch a book in the future, and if you ever do the same, take heed my words, a, Get the book done before you even do anything for marketing. It's going to be key because I keep changing the book. Uh, in fact, I went on to a podcast. Uh, actually, the book original title was the Esports Career Manual. And I'm sure, you, I'm sure you know this. I mentioned this to you. And I'm an idiot. I don't know how I didn't notice this. And I showed it to you too. And you didn't notice it either. Um, but I mean, I'd obviously taken the blame. I'm not, I'm not blaming you on that one. But the uh, author wrote or the pixel artist, I don't know where he got this from. But he wrote the Esports Career Guide instead of manual i've i've only sent oh. them the title i only sent them the title and subtitle once and it's it was perfectly spelt and he obviously returned uh the subtitle without missing the word and and misspelling industry and then he also completely changed the title but i like it a lot more i like it a lot more i'll be honest my issue i mean i'm so i'm very happy that he made that mistake because it sounds so much better but um, the issue was I went on a few podcasts and I was saying manual. And I also said the old launch date. Um, so, yeah. So that so I'd 100% get the mark the book completed beforehand. And another thing is that I would 100% make sure that, like, like I, I would I would have the marketing a lot planned a lot beforehand. Like it like a lot of the stuff I'm just trying to do as I go. So, yeah, it's it was a lot of mistakes, but a great learning experience nevertheless. Yeah, I'm actually thinking to when we were looking at the the title page. I, I I for me, I was trying to be like very focused on like the little things, and I guess I never actually like took the time to read the words. Yeah, because yeah, we went through being like, oh well, this because some of the so the characters like pixel art, like oh well, this this pixel doesn't like line up with this one, or like oh, we want the center of the X to be one pixel higher and. Yeah, being like really like microscoped in that we didn't, you know, trace through the forest kind of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's cool because it's the I like that title a lot more. It was just wow. It was surprising to see. Um, but I'm happy he wrote that instead of something that was even worse because I I noticed it after I finalized the payment and everything. So like it would it was gonna be a pain just to get him to switch over, and he's been working on that a little bit over time than he wanted to he had other projects as well so uh nevertheless that is all i got on my end how about how about yourself what's going on there 
Um, so within the past two weeks, I, I've kind of spent a good amount of time doing something I wasn't, like, I didn't plan on doing. Um, instead of, because I, in the past, I focused on doing, like, TikToks, like, very short, one-minute-ish videos for promotion. Um, and we talked about, before we started doing the podcast, about, like, can TikTok translate into, like, Twitter followers or how, how to get those metrics outside? And I'm not sure that, I think TikTok has room for growth. I don't know if there's a good way to translate that growth to, like, external sources. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, if you're only wanting to, like, be, like, a brand or something on TikTok, it doesn't matter. But if you're not, if you're wanting to do, like, other things, then it may not work. Um, so I, instead of doing, like, short videos, I ended up doing several, I think I've got, like, three right now that are, like, ten plus minutes each. Um, testing out and, like, doing different topics and stuff on them to see how they worked. Um, and one of them's done, like, all right. I don't know about the other two. Um, I'm actually, like, really disappointed with how, like, well the one has done, though. Because my, my first video, I wanted to do this, like, really long, like, big analysis on, um, like, marketing techniques for, like, how these video game companies get you, like, emotionally addicted either like through the story or through community and events. Um, and I ended up analyzing Warframe, Final Fantasy XIV, and League of Legends, which I, I thought it was really good. I ended up spending about four or five days on it, just planning, doing some research, editing. Like, it, it took a lot of time. Um, and then I did a video a few days ago. Uh, it posted on the 20th, so four days ago, um, because YouTube streamer Valkyrie announced her like new skincare line. And it got a lot of pushback for, like, one claim it made about, like, protecting you from blue light. And uh, so I made a video about how, like, nonsense that is. And that video, which I I could have done in a day, I didn't because I had other obligations. I went on an anime debate panel, which was an experience. Um, Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite compare to the podcast you went on. But yeah, I could have got that one video done in a day, and I got, like, five times the number of views on it. And I'm like, this video is like, oh, it's not like drama baity, but it almost is. Like, it's right on the line, and this did better. I'm like, darn, that's not what I wanted to see. A large part of why that was, though, is because of the algorithms, right? And how they're kind of set up. Because the people, like, if you really think about it, no one's actively looking to see the marketing strategies of, uh, what do you call it? Um of like the, these gaming companies, right? Like people would love to watch it and I've watched the video, it's awesome. I actually really like it. And I think this is, your videos have been really good. It's just the, um, for, for the video that you made about Valkyrie is because like, imagine, like I used to watch a lot of, oh, what's his name? Uh, have you ever played or seen Yandere Simulator? Yes, yeah. I, I know of the game. Yeah, so basically there's a lot of controversy around the uh, the dev of him right and I, I had a lot of fun watching all the like videos about it and i want to find more videos about it so i would like i would watch all of them and then in my recommendation i would get like really a uh, niche cringe um or not cringe but very niche uh small videos about it and so that fell into my um my recommendations as well as if i was to google it and it keeps searching down i would find it so in those very specific circumstances, your video would populate as well. Because in this case, I bet the people that watched it were the very same people that were very, very engaged in watching this kind of content and really liked uh, Valkyrie and or really wanted to see the um, thoughts of other people. So in the, so that's where you really have to think about your marketing strategy, right? Like it might, 
And this is why I like, I don't know if you checked out um, the, what's her YouTube, no, video maker, channel maker. Uh, I don't know if you check yeah. channel maker, but what they do, and I love their strategy. Oh. In fact, their sister company income school is how I got my blog to the point where it, it is because they're, they're really, really good. Their primary things worth blogging, but they're good at translating that into YouTube and getting your first few thousand uh, subscribers because of the way they very specifically target uh, search terms and make sure that whatever they create is stuff that's going to rank on these search terms. So when people search it, they're not relying on recommendation algorithms, at least not when they're starting out. And I think that's the right move. I, I don't think it's smart to try to be on a front page of like YouTube or even recommended to someone's front page when you're, when you're below like at least 5k subs, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think I showed you this on my live stream that I did. Um, like I can look at like the analytics for the videos. Um, and just talking about like those two, my first video, like people were searching, like people found it by t looking for final fantasy and warframe. Oh, wow. so me like putting those, like the name of those games in my title is what got it. It wasn't actually like, um, the community engagement, like no, but I haven't gotten any traffic from any of those search terms. Um, but like the Valkyrie video, like her name alone has made up over 50% of all the like searches that have directed her to me, that have directed people to me. Um, and then the, most of the other ones are Reflect, which is like the name of her company. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. They're, they're one I watch every opinion because they're just like me when I was watching Yandere Dev, trying, trying to find every opinion just because it's so entertaining. Yeah, I've I've done that, and i i fall down the I fall down that rabbit hole every once in a while for certain games like Undertale that have like the story that everyone who plays through will see, and then like the the people who do like the conspiracy theories about it. It's like, oh well, this character had one letter which was mixed up, which means some weird thing. Like, I I love those, but it's one of those like once I find it, YouTube starts showing me more and more, and yeah, the the search engine for YouTube is actually it's really good. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so what I might do, um, in the future, oh, the third video, there's no, I literally just posted it yesterday. Um, yeah, I've watched it's it. literally just, oh, did you actually watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't anticipate that's going to get a lot of views like this one, did, like these two did initially. I'm hoping though, cause the Valkyrie thing will eventually die down and people will forget about it. But since this one is talking about the affiliate and partner status on Twitch, I'm hoping that's one that even like a month or two or three from now will still be like getting some views and bringing people in. Yeah. So that's kind of like a longer term experiment for me. The issue though with uh, your your topic is that I'm very sure I haven't tried it out. Actually, let me check. So I'm very sure it's a very very competitive uh, term, and yes, it is. So like when I, because what you're trying to do here is um, basically what I do in terms of blogging is that I'm competing when people Google something like how, like in your case, how to get a partnership on Twitch or how to get affiliate on Twitch. My, like there's a few criteria I look at. A, um, I don't, I don't trust um, the uh, um, like keyword trackers because uh, like income school makes the really good argument that a lot of these are very outdated They're like based in like 2010 algorithms where now like Google's algorithm is very um, 
very advanced where you can't like people don't have that data to know what it is. So instead, what I do is I just look at if Google itself, when I'm typing in the question is recommending it to me because Google's recommending what they've heard from other people. And based on my own, obviously search terms and because I'm like kind of an esports, I'm basically my own demographic. If it's recommending it to me, I know there's some traffic. I don't know if it's massive, but I know there's some traffic there. In your case, you obviously know there's traffic to this question because this is a question you've had. But now you have to look at who is competing who's competing for this um, term and what is the content that they're using uh, in the competition, right? So like if I Google how to reach a partnership on Twitch, this is very, very competitive. And every title that I see at the top, for one, Streamlabs is number two. It's gonna be very hard to compete with the credibility uh, of Streamlabs to get ranked up here. And there's some other Twitch oriented streamers that are seem fairly big, but the biggest issue is that all of their videos are very centered towards um, like this, like this is what their video is dedicated to. You could also look at what the quality of the video is, but there's some videos that are like 20, 30 minutes and other videos that are one or two minutes because you can usually get away if you have it. Like YouTube likes it a lot shorter, but it also likes good information. Like the same way Google kind of works. Google actually likes longer with, it doesn't care about the size. In fact, it doesn't like short stuff, but, um, but in YouTube's case, if you if you could find an opportunity to make something shorter than other people's, yours is going to definitely rank uh, high up there. But in this case, it was very, very competitive. Or if you're looking to compete in terms of search term, you've got to check the competition beforehand to see what they're doing and if you have the opportunity to get in there. So what what would be a good way to like look for that? So like... I, I, would, I would assume um, income school, their... Um, channel maker, sorry, would have uh, a good resources there, but I would actually just search up. Like, let's say you, like, this is how I would do it. Let me share my screen really quickly. Um, can I, how do I share my screen? When I'm full screen, that's weird. Um, all right, my thing's all bugged out. No, I think that fixed it, nope. Oh, I've got... There it is. I, I see it now. Okay. Oh, OBS is looking at all my screens or whatever. It's unfortunate, but it's all right. Okay. Uh, let me know if you see my screen. I see it. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, what is boosting? I'll switch it up for my summoner chapter, which is all about boosting. But okay, let's go to google.com. Right. So let's say I was to search up, um, like, like how or esports. This is how I would do it, right? Like I would go A, B, C, or whatever, right? But let me think of um, esports tournaments. Or let's say, okay, let's say I already knew I wanted to write about pro guides, right? Because I mean, I, I can show you how I do the other stuff, but or not pro guides, pro draft. How to use pro draft, right? Because this is a question I know people would have. So then I, I, I Google it, right? And the first competitor, let's ignore mine because obviously I wrote this after doing this analysis. But the first competitor here, these guys, their video isn't actually even centered towards, um, for one thing, it's a video and this is Google. So I know there, there's space for still a written version of this article. But if you actually watch this video, I probably shouldn't watch it on the, the recording here, but they're actually making a video for their specific tournament, not for like League of Legends at large. So, and the second result is um, a Reddit post. And the next one isn't even answering the question. So I already know at this, no one has a good resource that if I make a resource, 
uh, that addresses a question that I googled, 100% it will rank. It might not win the snippet, although majority of the time it won the snippet. I don't know why in this circumstance I'm not having the snippet, but like majority of the time it would, this would be my snippet and at least I'm number one, which is fine. And I knew this was going to win regardless of how good the article was, just based on the fact that like one, I have credibility because my articles are already ranking, but two, there's no competition here. Likewise, if I was to go to YouTube, actually, I don't want to go on YouTube. Uh, let me go on incognito. <laughs> YouTube.com. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and this is all, um, let's see. How to use ProDraft. Like, obviously, again, this is the video that comes up, but everything else is irrelevant. Like, this is not what I'm talking about here. Where, like, if you watch this video and you see that they're not focused on, um, for one thing, because they're number one and they only have 5K, I wouldn't even go for this term because you already know that this is not getting too much search volume, at least on uh, Google. I'm getting a lot more uh, clicks per month than uh, 5K would add up to, by the way. But, um, so, like, I wouldn't compete for this, but in, let's say you wanted to compete for whatever reason because you knew some trend was going to pop up or whatever. As long as you can make a video that's better than this, and because there's not a lot of competition, I would 100% try to go for something like this. Or like how to find orange in new world. Um, and people will probably more Google this than YouTube it. But like, nevertheless, if I Google this, there's so much right now about this. This is a short video. Um, there's no long video, so you might be able to compete in that regard. But I think Google prioritizes shorter than longer. Um, and this one is a kind of a longer one, fully encompassing. So, but yeah, you always have to make those judgment calls by watching or Googling the stuff, but, uh, channel maker has a really good process. And because I don't do YouTube, I don't know their exact process, but likewise, the way I do it for like actually figuring out what I want. So if I go to Google, oh, I can't spell.com. What I would actually do is let's say I, I know I want to write about esports. Let's say I want to, I want to write esports. So I would write like how to, I can add a star here and that way it'll fill it in for me. Then I can see invest in esports. Oh. Okay. Let's see. Is there I didn't any? know you could do that. Yeah. Star would fill in if you're missing words. Um, and then I could see 10 stocks to know, like, it seems like this is competitive and I also don't know anything about investing. Right. But I can, but let's say, let's say all, all these results here, I don't like, I can start writing a, and I can see, okay, how to join an esports team. Is there anyone writing good about this? How to start an esports team? I'm pretty sure I ranked here. No, I didn't. Unfortunately, I tried. Oh, there I am. I'm lower. But see, this one, this one's a little bit more competitive because like this guy's up here. I don't know how I didn't outrank Cora. Okay, but this is a newer article. Like you, it takes about eight months for an article to rank. So I still have some chance to rise up here. I should at least pass Cora and Reddit. But this is my main competition for this article. His article is a lot older, so it's already ranked. Um, but yeah. And so the, I knew that this was a good search term just because it recommended it. I don't know if this is a hundred people are searching this up or a few thousand. That's why you have to be careful in terms of what parameters I'm already putting down. Like if I write esports here and I, I write an article that's number one ranking for esports team, I 100% know I'm going to get a few thousand per month just of off of getting number one here. I'm not going to, but because it's so competitive, but that's kind of how I would actually do this. 
And okay. so you kind of look at A, is there, um, like, what is a specific thing? And if you can use the algorithm to actually help you figure it out, that'll be awesome. And then B, who's actually posting about it? Like, is there a lot of competition? And then C, if there is a lot of competition, are the answers irrelevant as, and or can you make a video that's shorter and better? Um, in Google's case, you would ask the opposite question in that regard. So can I make an article that's longer and better? But in YouTube's case, again, YouTube is very much shifting towards shorter videos. And in fact, a lot of the snippets. So if I Googled a lot of things like how to crop in Photoshop, you will see very short videos. Okay, well, <laughs> kind of goes against me. A lot of the snippets are short, uh, I swear. Uh, how do you, how to invert color in Photoshop? Okay, well, this one didn't have a video snippet, but like a lot of the videos that win are typically shorter videos. Um, it's just like Google, YouTube is very different in, in that regard, but nevertheless, everything else, I would look at those as your primary things. I wouldn't look at if I can make a video longer and more detailed, I'll look at if you can compact it. Um, but you're also looking at credibility. So at least Google has this thing called Eat. At least it's not officially called Eat, but essentially it looks at your credibility and depending on your industry, it matters more or less. So like if you ever search up anything related to healthcare, there's only going to be a few key guys that are providing healthcare information because your credibility is very, very important because if you have, if someone Googles something about like my heart is doing X, Y, Z, and then some shady website says eat some, you know, uh, smarties or whatever, like eat some random drug. Like that's a really big uh, liability for Google and it's just not smart. And the same thing for financial, so healthcare, financial advice, um, uh, stuff like that, you need a lot of credibility versus something like gaming and esports where you don't need too much because who cares if it's right or wrong. Uh, but you still need some credibility. You still need to show that you have some skin in the game and some understanding. Uh, that's why your about page is actually super important. And that's why backlinking is also a big uh, concept. Because if you have links from other sources that are credible in your niche, then that means that your site is likely credible because other people are referring you or at least referencing your material. Oh. But I don't know if the same kind of really applies to Google in, in or in YouTube through that regard. But I do know that for you to start really getting ranks in terms of stuff like this, you like your initial videos are going to be harder to rank. And then once you start getting one win, you're going to get multiple wins um, just back to back. But um, I open up. I should probably copy this. For yeah. Me. That, so that actually, that makes a lot of sense for like, um, like TikTok stuff. Leon Cyphers. Is once I had one video that did like really well, I started getting like a lot more like likes and comments and stuff on even older videos that didn't do as well. Um, but I've had problems with like YouTube shorts, for instance, are just super inconsistent. Because yeah, you could see some of the shorter videos on there. They only have like, they only showed it to like six different people. Uh, whereas like one of those video only got six views, but on TikTok it got like thousands. And it's just for some reason YouTube's algorithm just decided it wasn't worth showing to more people. Yeah, YouTube. Even though it's literally the exact same video. I oh, look pretty good in this video. I have this image. <laughs> um, oh god, that was back when I was doing political podcasts. Good times. Good times. Some of these I might need to actually go back and delete because they're not relevant to what I'm doing anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but nevertheless, oh, some of your best ones are political stuff, or at least this one is, this one is not, but, oh um, yeah, some of those actually, the names might be worth dropping. Uh, like what? Like, oh. oh, some of the people on there, like, yeah, Rem and Irrelevant or Partners. 
um, on Twitch, so they're, like, bigger, like, well-known figures. But the people searching for them probably aren't searching for, like, video game-related stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. That's, yeah, it, YouTube is weird in the sense that people say if your, like, channel originated in a niche and you transition, it kind of hurts your ability to rank up. I don't think it really matters too much in your case. I don't really think that's true, per se. I don't think YouTube's that dumb, or they could probably realize that you've switched. Um, but... I think right now because of the small like is is youtube like your goal at this point are you trying to pop this off i so i'm in a place i don't even know i didn't i didn't bring it up i actually been on um like hit marker trying to find people that are like hiring for like commentators and stuff just because that's something i had experience with and something i really enjoyed um so i applied to some of those haven't heard back yet but that that's been like a week or two since i've applied it's sometime between the last time we met um, for the podcast, I mean. Which kind of companies did you apply to? Um, I applied to a few things with, um, I think, like, Dot Esports and Dexerto needed people for, um, for like, reporting and stuff. I wrote to a few of them for, um, they like, commentary, which is something I would probably prefer to get into. Like, like are these paid positions, I'd assume? Yeah, I didn't go for anything unpaid. Screw that. Okay, so... Yeah. I mean, I can definitely help you on that end, considering that I'm writing a book about it. <laughs> um, if that's if that's the route you're going, looking down. But, um... But, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, I can definitely help you if that's what you're looking at. But are you... In terms of your business right now, are you, like, are you giving up on it as a whole? Do you have like a, a next plan. I know we kind of touched on this last time, but just catch me up in terms of any changes in thoughts or what's on your end. Yeah. I, I, I emailed a few email slash uh, Twitter message, a few more like smaller, um, uh, like esports teams, like aiming around the one or 2000 followers and stuff on Twitter. And I, I didn't hear back from any of them. Um, the only like side direction I could go if I want to continue that route would be, trying to reach out to some of the bigger ones i i kind of maybe i'm making a bad assumption here because i assume bigger means they're less likely to even like pay attention to their messages from like random people i would shaking your head no to that no i would definitely disagree in fact that's what i was kind of thinking might be the smart direction um for you to go i think just after the last email that i saw that you sent i think you can definitely sell yourself uh a little bit bigger uh, a little bit stronger in the sense that selling the opportunity or not even so obviously selling yourself and the way you kind of structured it like i'm transitioning to helping teams i would just throw them with the data try to really quickly like in a very concise way explain your credibility in the sense of what you're doing and then oh am i still here I'm oh, i can't hear you uh can you hear me now i hear you now yeah okay sorry i just had a power power issue there but um, oh. so I turned off my light. I have the washer running at the same time, so it's on the same oh, line okay. as my computer. But um, nevertheless, I, I think if you quickly sell yourself there and then sell people on the opportunity, that's what I think you might have kind of struggled on. Was that you didn't really like I like I would I would focus on it to make it really sound like this is something people want to discuss. Even like especially because you're struggling to get people to commit to a full call, right? It's like. Um, it's going to be hard to do that with bigger teams, but you can definitely a lot more in terms of your smaller teams telling them like this is a massive way to build engagement um, and stuff like that. Like 
really sell that. I think you can do that a little bit better. Never, not, nevertheless, though, I do think it's worth trying to reach out if you want to to bigger teams as well because I, there is opportunity there. You have to be um, mindful of like what they're already doing. Like if they're already running tournaments, then it might be harder to com get that commitment. But if you're offering to run tournaments for people for free and you've done a ton and you're even willing to do like any demos or whatever they want to prove and obviously work with them, document the process, whatever they're looking to do, I would 100% look at doing that as an opportunity. Okay. Um, what I might do is try to uh, find a few that I want to reach out to and I might write a um, like a first draft of the message and send it to you to see if you can give me some better tips on that. Yeah, you're you're definitely a more aggressive marketer than I am. Yeah, I'm definitely for my my skill set. I'm definitely stronger on the sales slash. Um, actually, yeah, definitely on the sales side. The uh, fulfillment side is my not as strong side, but uh, the sales for sure. I can definitely sell people on an opportunity, get them excited to move forward, and. Um, so yeah, I think we can definitely make that work. So just send it over, whatever you've got uh, wrapped up. But yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least. Um, so are you are you gonna continue making videos then, or what's the plan there? Um, I so the the videos actually I think are really like they're they're good for me personally. I think. Um, I think like when I was like working on the tournament organization was so much of like this is what I'm wanting to do eventually. Which means I was setting goals that didn't have, like, tangible points. Like, I wouldn't feel like I've, like, succeeded at any point in the near future. But with these videos, I can kind of, like, sit down, make a plan. Like, this is what I want to talk about. This is the video I want to make. And it's something I can actually, like, dish out and, like, finish. Um, whereas with, like, the tournament organization, I never felt like I got to a point where I was, like, finished or should feel satisfied what I was doing. With the videos, I'm actually hitting like short-term goals, and I think that's probably been really good. Because um, it's made me want to like continue and keep making more and trying different things. That's that's good. I I like to hear that. That is um. That that's that's good in that respect. Um, do you think it's the uh, the greatest um, ROI sort of venture that you go like go down? Like, is this the best route? route? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's good that that it brings an end. I wonder if there's other ways to employ that as well. Like maybe you take this as a learning opportunity, not to say that your videos are bad and you shouldn't go down this route because I actually do like your videos. So I'm curious, like, is this something you really want to focus on? But be, because I say this because I think, I think it's even more important. Uh, and sorry, my video is not working anymore. Uh, technical issues. Okay. Um, I think it's even more important to figure out what your focus is. So if that is video, then that's, that's awesome. All, all power to that. Um, but I think you should define it because making these videos are going to take you so much time and so much effort where if this isn't your actual focus, I don't think like if this is your focus, you should focus everything into this. If it's not your focus, then I don't think you should be making them at least not to the degree that you are um, and focus on investing that into other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I would much rather you focus, even if it's for a short period, even it's like a, a few weeks or a month. I mean, probably more than a few weeks or a month, probably. I don't know how much time you've got left to experiment with stuff. YouTube's definitely a long haul uh, venture, but um, okay. but I, but I would say whatever you do pick, I would think you at least commit to it a hundred percent for a, a period of time, two three months, whatever, um, and see how it goes. Instead of dividing yourself everywhere because you're not going to get anything done exceptionally well. 
Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that goes back to the, the conversation from last time where I'm kind of just still trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, as like the, the, the tournament organizing doesn't feel like it's working out, which is disappointing because it, for a long time, it felt like it was doing really well. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, yeah, I, like I, the, um, like the 5v5 tournaments, I had several weeks in a row when I was getting, you know, 40 plus 50 plus participants in them. Yeah, I know that's crazy to think about, and it, it all kind of came down. I wonder, I want like, see another thing that is worth like looking at was the delivery, right? Like if your product was, or your service was as good as it could have been, uh, like your consumers wouldn't have dropped off the way they did when the issue came up. Um, and, and like I'm not saying this to say that your service was bad. Uh, the thing is that once you get this marketing down, we can start looking at what like what your um what your retainment is of your clientele and like how do we increase that uh, and make sure that people that do attend your events like it so much that they stick to it but not only that they refer it to their friends and get other people involved and like if you can get a referral system set up that is like the best way to grow obviously organically it's like other people are talking about it people in the community that are playing the games are like hey have you seen uh, leon's tournaments are so much fun i've been having a blast but it, right now the marketing is obviously the big the big kicker here and you don't have ad spend obviously so we had to look at organic yeah but yeah that's that's exactly why i think the team thing like i i'm surprised it's been so hard i thought it would actually probably be a lot easier to like get these teams to commit and just do something like you can yeah, so it's surprising that the fact that it's been so hard to get these um, set up. But hopefully once... See, like, the worst part is now that you don't have one set up, there's so much investment into it and trying to get it. It's like once you get it, if it doesn't work out the way we were kind of thinking about it, it's like what, where do you go from there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, it feels really weird. Like like some of the orgs reaching, like I've reached out to that don't reply is something I understand. But I've had like four meetings signed up, and every single one of them ghosted me. One of them was a company that would literally re or an org that literally rescheduled to a second date, and they missed that date too. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't. I guess that kind of makes me like personally mad. Like that just feels ex- like exceptionally unprofessional. Yeah, yeah, that definitely is. Uh, I was actually thinking because I connected with a guy on um, LinkedIn. Do you know if they're working on their team full-time? I feel like he's... Well, he's not working anymore. I, when I initially saw his profile, I thought he was actually a uh, Dairy Queen manager, but I realized he might, he's probably unemployed. He's probably getting benefits, though. I don't think they're making money, but I believe they would be working on it full-time. Not to say that he's probably working uh, all his time full-time. He's probably playing a bunch of games, uh, to be honest, if he's not even able to attend a, a simple meeting twice. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know personally. I, and most of the research I ended up doing was through like their, through their Twitter, looking, looking at their tweets, like looking at the replies and stuff. If they've got a website, I looked through that. Um, I didn't go super far cause some of them, I, I'm not able to find like, uh, LinkedIn's for like whoever it is that was running, but I didn't exactly like try super hard on that. I was really trying to get connections through, uh, email. Mm, yeah. I mean, or what was like easily available. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you there. Have you tried anything on eFuse's end? Um, no. Oh, speaking of which, there were... no, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, there, there is something. Um, 
I was going to bring up today with E-Fuse, and I forgot it now. I should have written it down, which is my fault. Um, okay, I'm not gonna... If I remember, I'll, I'll bring it back to you. Okay, I'm not going to worry about this screen recording, by the way. We're probably not going to upload this, because my, my setup is all messy. It's pretty much ruined. Oh, my video's working oh, now. That's fine. <laughs> uh, never thought that was weird. It just randomly happened. But um, here, let me share my screen again, which is unfortunate because we're doing the podcast and people won't be able to see it. But actually, I won't just share my screen instead. Um, what I will do, though, so I, I was looking at this stuff. I think, when was the last time we kind of did like EFUSE experimentation together? Was that like April, May? How long ago was it? It's probably that? something about that. Because I've been looking at it recently, and I think there might be more opportunities than we initially kind of thought. Give me one moment. I had a few tabs open that I wanted to... Yeah, we. I made that one uh, post. It was literally just a test post on there. Um, without even, like, organizing. It ended up getting, like, over 500 views. Oh, so that was, uh, like, recently? Uh, that was three days ago. That you, you ended up commenting on it. So I'm assuming you also hyped it up, but... Whoa, you got 500 views and you have no streak? 562, yeah, no streak. Whoa, I wonder, like, does the streak even do anything? That's, like, my range. In fact, that's probably better than what a lot of my posts are doing. Um, I don't, I don't know. The, I, I, what's again, I hate the streak mechanic. If they actually did away with it, that would be much more likely to bring me back. Uh, I, I doubt they're going to do that. It's a great way to get people to spam stuff. But here, this is this is what I wanted to show you. Here, I'll share my screen, although no one else can see it. Ugh, this is so annoying. I don't. It's not working. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm not going to share. Uh, okay, never mind. I figured it out. I'm starting to see what the issue is here. But here, if you can see my screen. Yeah, I see it. Okay, Holy so shit. yeah, so I was looking right. This one guy, he posted. Uh, I'm curious who replied. But he posted, I want, like, okay, his spelling is pretty bad, but it's like, for the purpose of making a point, he posted that I want to play a tournament, right? Again, like, he's not going to be your, uh, like, top tier sort of player or anything. And his, his name, I'm a Chad of Val. So obviously, I can make the assumption he wants to play Valorant, and he wants a tournament. Uh, and he's posting about it on Efuse. So I'd assume that there might be a little bit more traction in terms of the posts that you could possibly make for advertising. And as per, I know you talked a lot about collaborating with um, content creators, right? I think to get at least these grassroots, like very small content creators, eFuse is definitely the way to go because this person, where is it? This person said she has, where is it? Yeah, there it is. She's working on her PhD, so that's something you can talk about. Ooh. That she's also getting a PhD. She even made a video, I think it was on her Twitch. Uh, or Yeah, it was on her Twitch. She was saying that um, she's bringing academia uh, into gaming and her content creation side, which I thought was cool because that's literally what you're doing with your YouTube channel is bringing academia and your process of researching stuff and providing that information into esports. So like, there's clearly that match there. But she's one of... Like literally hundreds of people that are posting daily um, on their like EFU stuff about like content creators that you can actually build a relationship with that could be good collaboration partners. Not only that, there's obviously teams like I mentioned, but like even if you're struggling with the teams, I think that end 
there's a the people the content creators that you can get to but also these potential players that it might be a marketing venture that is worth investing into at this point and especially if you got a hundred people or 500 sorry on that last post it might make more sense i don't know why this post did so bad yeah that is tragic um probably because i have a youtube link in there but my other youtube link ones didn't do too bad nevertheless um yeah i tried doing some stuff with um like organ when i was doing like when i was doing like four tournaments a week i tried like advertising them on efuse and i didn't I didn't at least see anybody report that they uh, found me through eFuse because that was at a point when I was asking everyone who joined my tournament, how did you find out about it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just, I got nothing from it. Yeah, see, my I've, I also noticed too because I posted the link a few times. Actually, what was surprising for me was uh, my, like, I basically have this link here and then it leads to the Discord. The podcast that I was on, The Wide World of Esports, I got zero conversions out of that. I was I was expecting maybe at least 10, maybe 20 if I was lucky, but I got zero, which was surprising because I had a lot of a lot of push push on LinkedIn as well. So you would think that someone would possibly click the link um, for the thing. Then also on eFuse as well. I've been posting these several times and I'm going to be posting it a bunch of times again in the future, just clicking this link. And I've gotten some really good views, but no one's clicking the link. But what did work, though, is when I had the call to action, um, where was this? It was a long time ago when I was running that introduction to sponsorship um, event. I got not a large number. I think it was like 20 people, which was very insignificant, but it was very a small push. Like I didn't really try hard to get a push for people to actually mm-hmm. engage. But I got like, um, again, 20 people, 20, 30 people joined the server or maybe it was not 30, maybe like. 15, 20, 25, uh, definitely wasn't 30. So, I mean, those are like small numbers, obviously. And my website brings in a lot more, um, but it's worth like considering. And see, especially when I do like my actual job push, when I'm gonna create actual decent content, like stuff like this, where we're actually talking about um, like actual factual information and hopefully see if that converts people better. Um, so like next, when I do this book launch on eFuse is gonna be a very big experiment to see if eFuse can actually convert but but yeah no i do i do agree that it might be problematic and it might be hard to actually convert people on eFuse alone yeah i don't yeah i i i don't want to say there's like zero opportunity in eFuse um because like at least by concept i think it's great I, I think a lot of the problems are like just like even like little things with the website. I wish they would like fix or just make a little bit easier. The website's garbage. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind there. Um, but, but yeah, it is. I, I think the opportunities tab is might be where, where the best type of conversion would be, right? Uh, for one thing, obviously there's teams here. So I would look at these for potential like these guys right like they're looking for content creators i 100 percent believe hell let me reach out to these guys i'll be the one to reach out i 100 percent should be able to get a meeting with them i have no doubt in my mind i might be wrong about this but i really have no doubt in my mind that these guys that are looking for content creators they're probably the smallest fries in the world okay they definitely are um okay maybe i won't reach out to these but if you want i could reach out 100 percent we'll get that conversation going um um yeah, we can look into something like that. 
Yeah, I mean... There's, um... Oh, wait, sorry. Everyone. Like, just send me... I, I do remember... Go ahead. Go. Go. I was gonna say, just send me, like, like maybe, like, two or three, and I probably... I think if I reach out, I probably be, might have a better chance than... Uh, like, if I reached out on your behalf rather than you reaching out, that might work better. Because I can say, for one thing, you would de technically be my client in that specific situation. I could call you a business partner, but it would make more sense to call you a client in that case. And so that will build some more credibility there. And also just because of my position in esports, like someone could look at like my LinkedIn or whatever, right? And this will seem like a lot more. And again, I could sell it better. But I think we might be able to secure in a conversation or two just if I did it that way. That was kind of what I was planning to do once the book was launched. And that was going to be after a, a week, week and a half from now was going to be the day I was going to work with you hands on. But obviously now that I'm pushing the deadline a bit, I'd be happy to try to do that through um, just doing it right. Like, like right now. So if you send me like two or three guys, I think we should be able to get a call with every one of them. If, as long as I get a reply. So as long as they check stuff out, then yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned there, but nevertheless, I think at the very least discoverability on eFuse isn't bad for like us looking for teams. But yeah, it, I think it's I think it's still worth experimenting with the, the platform at large. Yeah, um, I, I did remember what I was going to ask you about, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'll wait until we end the call. Because oh. um, I, I did have like a small ethos idea that's either really great or it's garbage. Oh, you, I lean towards garbage. You can but. say it now. I mean, no one's going to watch. No one's going to watch this right now. Like our podcast isn't uh, gaining much traction. So if it, unless it's like private things like a company name or something, you can definitely just build the beans here. Um, yeah. So we, we talked before about um, like a lot of it's trying to figure out like what what I can offer, mm -hmm. um, which in some cases is a lot. Right. Especially if we're talking about um, like live, like if me trying to network with live streamers, there's not a whole lot I can offer. Because like, even though my like follower numbers are really great. If you can go look at like my live views and see, I've lost a lot of my community. I'm I'm not starting over exactly, but in a way, I sort of am. Um, but what if I could offer somebody else's views? So I don't know. I there the problem is getting people to actually say yes to this. Um, because what if I ran a tournament with just streamers? With, with like the, the competition and the prize being everybody streams the event and raids into whoever wins. Yeah, that's a, that's which, a which sounds th that exactly like I, I think it's actually a good opportunity because if you could get like 10 people, like 10, 10 viewer Andes, they suddenly have 100 viewers if they win, which sounds great. But I feel like I'd have a really difficult time actually getting people to join that. I I like I like the idea. I like the idea. Um, what I what I like about the idea is I think a lot of these like small fries, like a lot of the people here would be very unifused would be very interested in that. But these guys, their concurrents are one, if not two. So that is yeah. that's the unfortunate part. But I can definitely see you branding yourself like a like a streamer oriented sort of event. Like that could be the direction you go. Like you bring together streamers and you start off with these like very small fries individuals. Uh, and hopefully by gaining some traction, you might be able to, I mean, I guess then it would be a question of how do you, um, 
like how do you expand like are you opening then up to also random people as well and then does that take away the credibility but there might actually be something here right because and, and this comes back to like the stuff that i was supposed to send you that i totally forgot that i just remembered that i'm going to send you right after this about the lean agile development um cycle where like you're like people don't have a pain point that they're not playing in enough tournaments, right? Like it's a lot of it is recreational. If you want to play more competitive, you would just queue up competitive queue. But there is um, there is that joy of playing in a tournament. So there's not you're not addressing a pain point, but you're creating a desire and then fulfilling that desire. So you, it's like a two part system there versus content creators who are actually like, like these small fries specifically who are actually really struggling from discoverability and they're looking to do anything to grow up their stream where you might actually be able to address a pain point where if you set up something like, again, you would have to figure out how to make this work. It could be something like uh, if you're looking for discoverability to attend this tournament, um, it could be a buy-in even if you have enough credibility, like at starting out, it's not going to be a buy-in at starting out. You're going to have to figure out how to bring people involved that can really add value to it and make it worthwhile for these individuals. But eventually it could be some sort of like buy-in sort of streamer tournament where these smaller uh, streamers can come in. And then when the prizing becomes bigger and you have gain more traction, you can start attracting bigger people, which inevitably will bring smaller people as well. So then the best players within that realm might be able to gain the most, um, you know, following because you set up the stream in a way that is like a proper tournament sort of thing where you're like watching the players. I mean, the way you kind of do it, you're commentating it obviously, but like uh, finding the content creators that are really doing well and having them displaced sort of like how um, I forgot, I, you know, the street uh, the content creation company name that does this for wow. Um, the ones that worked at Lazarus, I forgot who they were. You, OTK. Yeah. OTK. Yeah. So sort of like how they kind of did it for a while, like sort of thing where you kind of have that shared um, experience sort of thing. That might be, that might be the direction you go. It, it might, again, I would, I would do, uh, you're you're a content creator yourself, so you kind of know the pain points of discoverability. But if you if you can really think of a way to make this work, like really address the issue of discoverability and add a competitive element to it, so your solution is more of a recreational sort of uh, like it's not going to directly address the issue per se, but it gives them the opportunity. And like the like whenever you're selling a solution, it has to be something that they kind of believe in and they see the opportunity and value in. And if you can do that and build something out and then obviously reach out to a bunch of these small content creators, see what they think or find the thing and then keep on building it. Like by doing, I would start off with the pilot program. So I wouldn't try to start too big. And again, I'll send you the videos because they're really good at explaining what I'm thinking right now in my head. But if you do that, this might be a good idea. It might not, but this way you'll resolve the business model issue of sponsorships because if there's a buy-in and you're taking obviously a cut like uh, for, um, um, like you like the proceeds can go to the tournament but you take a cut for your own operations and whatnot that might start covering costs there in addition to sponsorships right yeah i i think there's there's a little bit like to the idea it's just like it's probably not like fully fleshed out no not at all um no i i've got a few um because, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I used to do, like, the politics stuff. I've got, like, a few friends that still kind of work in that. But, like, part of their job is actually to find other streamers and bring them in. Obviously, I'm not going to be targeting, like, politics streamers from them. But I might be, like, a few guys I could, like, try to talk to about how they even, like, find people and get some ideas from them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Because it, it sounds like a really, like, awkward sale, especially for the first time when I don't have, like, a number to back it up. But more viewers is, like, the one thing pretty much all content creators want. That's true. Again, that like, the issue with that, like, if you had a number for, like, a prize pool or something, that would be a lot easier to sell. Because if you come to me, right, and, like, let's say I was a small streamer, um, or let's say at least I had, like, 10 concurrents, maybe 20, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, like, the issue would be, like, how many people... How many people would actually be rated? Is rating even valuable? Like, is, like I remember I watched your video earlier today. The rates aren't even gonna like lead into partner, um, and also like, so like I I would be a little iffy on that. So that that's that's a concern there, and also another concern would be, assuming you put this together right, and you're selling it based on the number of people. Let's say you have like ten people that are attending. And then there's like 10 concurrence per people. And then let's say five of them don't show up because at least from my experience, if for live events, 50% of people that end up signing up don't show up. And on online events, it's even worse than that. But let's say in your context, it was about five, maybe six, seven people uh, that showed up. Um, like like you, you, like if you're selling the, con the concurrence, then it's kind of hard. And also I'd also be more so concerned if, if some people were expecting other people to have like 10, 20 concurrence and they had like 10, 20 concurrence, but then other people had like one or two, like, see that that's the yeah. issue issue there. Yeah. I, I would have to like try to filter to some sort of average, um, but yeah, that was just something I was thinking of. No, it's, I, I think, I think there might actually be something there. Yeah. It's just, yeah, because in that, and if you did that, then it would be a lot easier because you could do a lot easier outbound marketing for your um for your for your attendees and you could probably even make a i, I would even do a templated message obviously ideally you get a bot then use program a bot i don't know if that goes against efuse's terms of service you can check it out but if you can't then just manually copy and paste a bunch of different people oh wait actually you couldn't efuse doesn't let you dm people uh, unless they're both following you um I mean, I guess you can spam follow people. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. You can spam follow people and then hope they follow you back. And whoever does follow you back, you reach out. That way, at least the, the, the lead is warm to a degree. Because they at least followed you back. It's, I, I assume technically wouldn't call that a warm lead, but you kind of get the point. Like, at least they reciprocated that they will follow back. But yeah, that's that's what I was kind of thinking of. Um, I'll excuse me. I'm definitely going to keep thinking about it. But if you get any ideas, let me know. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. Business models just in esports are they're not the best. They're definitely struggling from profitability. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like one of the the other things getting into is like. It's tough being a startup because I'm automatically competing against all these bigger people that can just naturally offer more than I can. And there's there there's nothing I can do to get around that that part. Like maybe I could try to offer something else or try to advertise better. But when it comes down to just like even like pricing that I cannot compete, there's zero way for me to to get around that. The benefit of a startup versus an established organization is that you can move a lot faster. So like in an established organization, they have lag based on uh, communications, documentation, um, and just like 
approval and like have like especially with these bigger orgs that have like board of directors and stuff like that there's a lot of that that really slows stuff down versus you as an individual who can work 70 80 hour days and move a lot faster because you lack that like you have no restrictions you can take very big risks so that is your competitive advantage so if your issue is you're competing with these larger people i would look at how you can use your competitive advantage to your advantage right but it's always it's always easier said than done uh, especially for a non like like this specifically is more so oriented towards like uh SaaS companies and like tech like innovation new products sort of ideas in your case it's because you you kind of almost have to replicate the same old business model which is tournaments unless you can creatively come up with a new one which is extremely difficult um you're basically competing an uphill battle i do see that for sure mm -hmm. But like I think, I I think I think the direction to go at this point and maybe is to look at um, a pain point for these players like an actual pain point, right? Like in in the case of what you're addressing for streamers is that you identified a pain point for streamers, which is um, they're not getting enough views. So the way you start establish it, your solution might not be the best, but we can definitely refine that. But figuring out what the pain point is, so like like these players again, when it came down to running your tournaments. It's like the people wanted to attend because it's fun, but it's not like they have this urging pain that whenever they queue up for league, they're like, oh man, I wish I was playing in more tournaments, right? But you made that opportunity mm -hmm. versus if you can do something like, let's say there actually was a cohort of people for a specific game niche that wasn't getting catered to um, or something like that. Or like in streamers case, like, like really understanding what the problem is and then creating a solution would be ideal. That's, those are my thoughts. That's all I've got right now. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting problem to be in. What, what's worse for your case though, is because you don't have the marketing down. It's like, even if you do come up with the best possible solution, like let's say even your tournaments were best possible solution, because clearly there was a desire for these tournaments. It's like your, your issue right now is marketing. Um, and figuring that out is a very big very big thing that's why i, I agree I, that's why i feel like like efuse is kind of nice in the sense that they're all very niche down to exactly the target audience that both of us have and you know how many views are you you're getting per post we don't fully understand the algorithms per se but i think with more experimentation and more trial and error there would be a lot more uh, ability to understand what will work and what doesn't work So like, like just to give a quick example, again, with the sponsorship, um, sponsorship workshop that I did, that gave me about 10 to 20, um, I would, I mean, I'd say more like 15 to 25 people that joined the server as a result, even though my website gets like thousands of people per month or well, obviously more than like tens of thousands of people per month. Um, I'm only getting like, I would say maybe like 10, 15 people from the website to the actual server, which is a terrible conversion rate. But like uh, I noticed a lot of people that are, are joining because there's a channel on my server that says um, uh, resources download or something like that. And, uh, on the, and it's just like a spreadsheet. And from one of my articles, and this isn't even an article that is doing exceptionally well. And I think it gets like a few hundred per, per month. 
But um, but this article says if you want to download this additional PDF, just come on Discord. So I have this lead magnet that makes people want to join because they have a reason to now join. Likewise, when I did that on eFuse, when I did the um, introduction to sponsorship uh, event, they had a, a reason to join the server because there's an actual benefit, a value that they were gaining from doing so. And imagine if I did a tournament like that or an event like that every week, I would basically 4x the amount of people I'm getting on the server per month. Uh, just by doing something as simple as running a quick hour-long workshop on different topics. With that, that's where the, the, the model starts to make sense because you get the traffic and then you can, you figure out what the conversion is. Hit, uh, TikTok is like a very hard one because of the way it's established and like people know that like TikTok's established in a way to not let people leave the site. Efuse is not that way. If Efuse was, they wouldn't give the opportunity to have uh, like the opportunities page and the discover page um, because, and they wouldn't promote things that have links and videos and streams at all if they were concerned about people leaving the site, but they're not. So I think there really is a massive opportunity on eFuse. It just comes back to experimenting what that is, what really makes the most sense to do it. But I think for now that eFuse is actually doing well, at least for me, and obviously it worked out for you, for the views and making that work, I think there actually is an opportunity here. Yeah, I'll um, I'll spend some more time on Ethereum since I haven't like really been on that much in a while, just to see um what I can find out there. Yeah, it's it's hard. I there's this other guy that was on Ethereum, uh, at least he was doing a lot of his own promotional stuff, and uh, he he was a really big advocate. I don't know what the hell this is. He was a very big advocate when I was um when I was on the platform. This guy, but he stopped using it all of a sudden. It was kind of weird. But he has his own email list sort of thing. So, and maybe it is, didn't work out well for him. I know he did it. He did it well, but he didn't do the lead magnet sort of thing I was kind of prescribing to you. But he had a streak that was larger than mine when he stopped. So, I'm not sure why. He might have just stopped working on his business though. So, that could just be it. But yeah, I think outside of that, outside of figuring that stuff out, I think for the both of us, we kind of get what we need to do right now, moving forward, obviously figuring this stuff out. But quick question though, are you discarding like just the general tournaments in general now? Are you looking to niche down to a specific type of like service tournament now? I, I, so I, I feel like the, the system I was using of tournaments just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I like, obviously I ran into issues with, like, school starting and I lost, like, most of my player base from that. Um, but even when, like, during summer, when that wasn't an issue, I did have issues where I would be, like, running my events, I'd see people consistently, and then I would just have, like, a random day where no one would show up. And I'd be like, oh, what happened? I'm like, oh, like the Navy's running a $100 tournament. And I, it was just like, again, like I, I legitimately believe that people that were joining me did enjoy it or they wouldn't be there. But the option of playing in a free event with no prize for fun versus playing in a pr- tournament with similar rules for $100, I get. Like, I, I don't have any bad feelings about it. But it like just because of that, what I was doing was already fairly inconsistent. Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) 
And yeah. the, the worst part is you can't even like I was gonna maybe prescribe not bootstrapping it. So looking at like getting um, crowdfunding a bit of money or even getting like family to invest or whatever. But the issue is you don't have a business model, right? It's like you can't not bootstrap it. It's like for my website, right? Like if I got a bunch of people investing into this, this is like a long haul sort of thing where I need to get the traffic to make the ROI. Where like in your case as well, like you cannot get a bunch of people paying you a few thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars and you build up your tournaments because you're going to be burning money and you have no idea until when you're not going to burn money. But yeah, I think, so. yeah, yeah, that's, I think we're kind of at the end of our, our rope here. It's just about taking action from here and figuring out what that is. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we can end off the uh, podcast here at the very least. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty good. I'm ready to go eat. I'm hungry now. <laughs> Sounds good. Give me a second here. Let me. Uh, okay, yeah. I guess we'll talk soon. Take care. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.